The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and uh, I'm tired. I'm sick. This holiday just beat the absolute living crap out of me. But anyways, that's not important, right? What's important is that we are hanging out today with Jay Weinberg, professional drummer and just all-around nice dude. Um, more about him in a minute, but uh, propertyofzack.com. Visit their website, find all the latest in news, reviews, features, in-depth analyses of this music scene that we call home, and um, yeah, check it out. I love what they do, and I love our partnership with them, so give them some love. Um, no real monologue today. I apologize, but my brain really can't fire on all cylinders, but um, in any event, our guest today, I am extremely excited to bring you, um, Jay Weinberg, who I know you have obviously seen in the news as of late, because uh, he recently uh, left his band that he was playing with against me. He'd been playing with them for about two or so years, um, but that wasn't the real reason I wanted to talk to him. Um, basically, he's he's just a professional drummer, like a dude that's played with Madball, um, you may have heard of a man called Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and I obviously am very sarcastic in saying that because I know everyone who has ever heard music has at least a topical knowledge of Bruce Springsteen. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's played drums with him for a little bit and, um, yeah, he's, he's a traveling guy and he's always wanted to make his, uh, his money or his living with playing drums and, uh, kind of however you can achieve that is obviously, the direction he's going, but uh, it all comes from a very sincere place. And so um, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to chat with him. And he just happened to be in Southern California. 
Um, this conversation was before everything that uh, happened with Against Me. Um, honestly, a good 95% of our conversation didn't even really concentrate on that band um, and the time that he spent in there. It was mostly about um, you know his upbringing, kind of how he got into drums and everything that we talk about. Um, because for whatever reason, I just don't talk about people's current projects because, uh, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just don't delve into it too much. Um, but anyways, here's the conversation and I hope you enjoy. Listening to uh, to me, uh, you know, like the interview that you did with Matt Pike, which is actually kind yeah. of funny because I'm meeting him later today. Oh, nice! Uh, he and his wife are going to come to the East Street Band show. Oh, that's uh, great! Tonight. And um, you know, listening to just like it's it's basically it's just like going A to B yep. for, for someone's life, and like you totally know, you see what they do now, but hearing really how they got there and like where the idea came from to do what they do. So right. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And that, that's what I, I like to do too. Cause it's like people, I also like to draw similarities where even if you don't like the person's band or what they do as a profession, yeah. like you'll still understand that they come from a similar world. Yeah. That, like similar world. So you're not just like, Oh, who the fuck? Like, I have no idea where this person came from. And you're like, Oh, like they're just like me. Yeah. They just found out about, you know, they started buying records when they were however old and yeah. figured it out from there. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah. So with you born and raised in the East coast. Yeah. New Jersey my whole life. Um, yeah. Lived in uh, a couple different towns, but kind of stayed around the same area. Uh, mm-hmm. based around Middletown, New Jersey, Okay, yeah, yeah. which is five, what it's exit? Like, what exit? Uh, oh, uh, 114. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was always between 109 and 114. And um, now I've been living in Hoboken, uh, which is right outside New York. Sure. I've been there for five, almost six years. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I go to school there and uh-huh. stuff. But, um, but yeah, growing up in, in New Jersey my whole life. And it was right outside of Red Bank, New Jersey, which was kind of like the it was the strangest hardcore scene right ever uh and it was um god i guess that was like 2005 to 2007 mm-hmm. or 8 it was like it was so short-lived my, right. my experience with the red bank uh hardcore scene but oh man it was strange yeah yeah it was really strange. and so you're uh obvious i mean most people would be able to just read your name and understand you come from a lineage of musicians. Like there's people that music has been an important part of your life. It's been everything. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people do get jealous when it's like they have, you know, either friends or, or basically their parents are, are like, Hey, like here's what music is. And like, well, yeah. let's get you started off. Right. Right. Whereas like, you know, I look at my parents or other, you know, some of my other friends are just like you know music was like you know it existed like the radio yeah but there was never like that sort of here you go and then i also do this as a profession and like kind of have this sort of like you know behind the scenes yet i've got a really cultured taste in music and like here you go son yeah and so like what was your you know your experience growing up like you know i mean for most people that you know can do any research online would know like you know your your father obviously plays drums yeah was 
so like how, how did how was you being raised within that environment um i'm sure it was different and weird in it, a way yeah it was it was really eclectic mm-hmm. uh i grew up um my mom was really really musical she came from like her her, uh, her dad was really musical he was an amazing pianist and he was like mm-hmm. he had kind of uh, both sides of the brain working where he could play piano really well but he was also a physicist Holy, and, uh, that, yeah, that's not common in, uh, no no it was really weird and he worked in uh he worked in signal core and oh, wow. uh, and so and he was a teacher at uh, monmouth university and uh wow. and stuff but he but he also had a really he had a knack for the arts and for music and um right and so my mom you know although she had been she had been totally uh, uh she was you know she was super into rock and roll and everything she right. raised my sister and i uh, my sister and me on like on classical music and that's all i knew for uh interesting for the first five years of my life right you know, all she all she played uh I have heard the story that I was born to the song Voodoo Child, which I think is pretty awesome. That, <laughs> that is that, pretty uh, awesome. Were you, were you, but I, I presume it was in the hospital? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my mom was into all that, all that stuff like Hendrix and, and, you know, Led Zeppelin, uh-huh. classic, classic music like that. But, uh, but she was also really into, into classical music. You okay. Know? And, um. And that's all I knew. That was it was uh, Beethoven and Chopin and you know right. Mozart and all that. All the class, kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. But that's all I knew of music. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what rock and roll was until um, the Who was doing uh, Quadrophenia mm-hmm. in '95, and uh, and that was like you know that was a band that my mom and dad I think shared mm-hmm. uh, that they loved, and they really wanted to get my sister and me into it. But they, my my mom was like. I don't know, like, yeah, that's totally different. They have no experience with that. And, um, and so they brought me, like they, they gave me Quadrophenia uh-huh. and I just could not stop listening to it. Like I, they tell me, I don't, I don't remember specifically, but they tell oh, yeah. me that I would like scream the lyrics in the car <laughs> when we played it. And, um, and so anyway, my first show that I ever went to, I was five, and my mom and dad took me to go see uh, The Who. Yeah. Quadrophenia. I, I love that, uh, the experience of you, uh, your parents sitting there. I can just imagine them sitting at, like, the dinner table being like, all right, are we going to do this? Like, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like, are we ready to unleash this world? Like, yeah. That's, it's just funny um, that, like, because that's not a common conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's so it, cool. It, it was, uh, <laughs> and, you know, considering, like, the backgrounds that they both come from, like, right. really into rock and roll that they just didn't show their kids and like my, my sister is three years older than me so okay. she was eight at the time right and you know that's like a bit that's like when uh well that's when i started getting into like finding out my own music of that, course. I, that I wanted to, to check out right and um but yeah the the i they tell me like i i have kind of a visual memory of it but yeah they tell me i was on my dad's shoulders with like my fist in the air and i was just like <laughs> i remember they I think they op- they had that uh, this like ocean scenery with uh, with like uh-huh. Roger Daltrey singing "Rain Over uh, Love Rain Over Me" or whatever, uh-huh. and that's the only kind of visual thing I remember. I think uh, Billy Idol was cousin Kevin okay. or something like that. It was a really wild show, and that, right. that's what like that was my first introduct- introduct- introduction introduction right. to like guitar based music and loud music. Yeah. And I um, you know, from that they passed down. The Beatles and the Stones, right, and, right. Uh, Once they're like, okay, like he's he he's shown an interest in this, yeah. like here we go. Uh-huh. Um, and so like your your home life, like how was it? You know, how was it? Obviously, growing up and like, did your did your mom work? Like 
She was a teacher for 15 years. Okay. Uh, but when she had my sister and me, she just concentrated on like, on yeah, us, on, you know, yeah. And raising, <laughs> raising a child. Yeah. yeah. And that was, it was a big help because, you know, because she was a, she's a history teacher. Okay. You know, she, um, she just was able to help my sister and me through, you know, through school. Of course. And, uh, and studying. And that was always really important to her. And it's probably like still the, uh, the reason I'm like still trying to plug away at school now, yeah. you know, right. it's been, it's, it's kind of been hard to balance with, uh, with the band and stuff, but, uh, but her support when, when my sister and I were, were younger was like, that was everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. School wise. So it's, that was, like, yeah. It's so funny. Cause the, like my parent or my mom was a teacher as well. And it's like, I think there's something that's totally unspoken and like in our DNA when your parents are teachers where it's just like, you know, I got it because I dropped out of school and like Mm -hmm. I, I, my promise to my mom was like, I'll graduate by when I'm 30. Like Mm -hmm. by the time I'm 30, I will have graduated. And I did. And it was seriously. Talking about college? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I gotta fucking do this. And like, it was just that, like you said, that sort of the culture that you're brought up in where it's like, this is important. No matter what else, whatever else I'm doing, I should pay attention to this and at least like figure out how I'm going to eventually achieve this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, I've, I had always wanted to do music ever since I like, I just started, mm-hmm. uh, high school, you know? Um, and, uh, it was always something that I knew I wanted to do. It just got to the point where I couldn't balance the two. So I, right. I was doing, I was doing college and, and, uh, you know, like mad ball simultaneously, right. uh, you know, going to, going to Queens to like write our record, right. Like, five days a week, seven or six days a week, you know, and sure. working on that like eight hours a day on top of doing an 18 credit semester or something yeah. like that. And then, tour- and then touring. Yeah. It, got he- it got hectic. So I, I um, once some time had passed, I was just like, okay, I'm going to kind of do one, go back to the other. And like, it's, yeah, it's been cool. But yeah. so anyway, yeah, when I was younger, that was, uh, that was kind of my home life. It was like, it was centered around school. Uh-huh. Um, when I was nine, I started playing hockey, and uh, and I, I was never really into sports before I found hockey. Um, it was like, did you, did you even play baseball, or you didn't kind of kind of did like right. here and there? I played soccer for like when I was you know six or seven, right? And I just it, it I just never got it. I right. don't know. It just never clicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But then uh, went to a hockey game, and I just I couldn't stop and, right uh you know started skating started playing hockey uh-huh. uh started playing the house league okay and um and music wasn't even really like at this point i was like nine and music wasn't on the table yet oh yeah i wasn't even in my mind right, so, right. Uh, so my life was just consumed with hockey and i was a goalie and uh oh okay that's that's know. an intense position it was it was the only but you know what i started was because i couldn't skate well right. so i thought like as a goalie, <laughs> the least amount of skating. Yeah, right, right. but turns out you learn later that the goalie skates the Dude, most, hustling you know? constantly. It's, yeah, so that didn't. That I, my <laughs> plan, backfired. my plan kind of backfired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, I I kind of gravitated towards the position, and you can almost kind of draw parallels to uh, to being a drummer mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Is that like it's you're only, you're like the last line of defense and right you now as as a goalie uh there's like a saying that if it's a, if you win it's a team victory if you lose it's, it's your fault right you know in a lot of a lot of ways you can kind of draw parallels to being a, a drummer it's like well the tempo is in the drummer's hands and the you know yep. the vibe of the you know the pulse of the song is kind of in the drummer's hands so so uh if, if you if goes, you fall apart dude it's 
The set's yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I, I kind of liked that, um, just the pressure of the situation and uh-huh. like, you know, you either perform or you don't and you, uh, you succeed or you don't. And right. that was kind of like, uh, I liked it. And I played, I played travel hockey. I was going to say, you traveled around the yeah, club yeah. hockey. Uh... Yeah. Kind of like an East coast oh, okay. league. Like we played, um, we were based out of Red Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, played in New York a lot. Right. Went up to, to do like the Can-Am tournament in, oh, sure, uh, in sure. Lake Placid. And um, went up to Canada a couple times, like mm-hmm. played in Toronto and, and Montreal. Yeah. But, um, and that that's when I like, I, I really loved traveling with a group of people and experiencing just like a, a place that wasn't my own. Right. And, and in a lot of ways that, uh, like looking back on it, traveling, playing hockey mm-hmm. is so much like, you know, touring with your band oh, totally. or something like that. You know, you meet the other team and yeah. it's all, it, you know, it was all respectful. Like all, right, all the right. teams like got along and, and hung out yeah. and then you play. And that's right. Yeah. But you're, you're competitive because that's yeah. the nature of the sport, but you're not cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. Music isn't competitive, but in a way, you know, you go to a town mm-hmm. and you meet the other bands that are local to that town that are playing the show. And, of course. You know, you kind of create that that little community. So that's, that was really cool. And I loved playing hockey. Uh, right. But when I got to high school, that was kind of like, well, yeah, yeah. It's always funny. Like anytime my friends have played, like, you know, done that whole circuit, it's yeah. like, you really do uh, have to make that sort of decision, whether or not you have the time to dedicate to that, or it's like, all right, well, school's not going to be that important. I'm going to be traveling, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and it's tough to be able to kind of choose one or the other, especially when you're playing at such a high level yeah. at an earlier age. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed playing, and um, it was all that was on my mind yeah. until, um, you know, I played guitar right. here and there. Like, I, I didn't really connect with it. It was it was cool, but uh, I played yeah. bass, kind of liked it, whatever. Right. Hockey was just the most important thing. Right. And then, uh, and then for whatever reason, I just picked up the drums. Mm-hmm. And um, and that just consumed my thoughts. You know that that took over everything. Yeah. So uh, so when I, when I got into high school, played high school hockey for a year or uh-huh. two years, and uh, I remember it going up until the last day uh, before like training camp for our. Uh, like play, I played for my school okay. last, and uh, I had a good you know coaching relationship with with my coach and. Uh, and I told him like the day before our like training camp started for this for the upcoming season, uh-huh. I uh, I had been agonizing over the choice of like well, I don't know anything about drums, but I know I really really like it. Right. Um, I'm comfortable with hockey, but I can't do both and be as good as I would want to be at both. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to I have to pick. You want a dedicated player. discipline. Sure. Yeah, you, you, I don't want you know you don't want to just half ass two things. Right. Right. Um, and be okay at both. You want to be better at one. Sure. And excuse me. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just a gut level decision that I that I had made. That was just like, well, this feels like the right thing to do right now. <laughs> right. I don't know if I'm gonna regret it. Like I, I was always, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna play like in college. Like I wanted to go. Sure. To, I, I wanted, wanted to scholarship. Go to sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was, you know, when I was like, God, you know, twelve years old, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to Michigan University. Right, I'm gonna right. like play hockey." I'm like, no way. Who were who were your uh, who were your touchdowns as far as NHL players were concerned? Were you like, I want to be like these guys. Um, loved uh, Martin Brodeur. Like, Jer- sure. growing up in Jersey, I was a Devils fan, and um, right, you, you kind of have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, 
And, you know, I had that love-hate of guys that were really good mm-hmm. but played on the Flyers. Oh, like, dude, yeah. Philadelphia You're like, dude, I can't like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Brian Boucher in 2003. <laughs> sure. Great. You know, he was an amazing goalie. And, and he actually, like, kind of fell off the face of the earth because mm-hmm. he didn't play in the, uh, in the NHL anymore. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, loved watching him play, but I hated it. Of course. Hated all the You're like, I like you. I hate your team. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 uh, right. You know, Patrick Waugh and... Sure. Uh, and... Um, you know, uh, Johan Hedberg and like goalies. Goalies, I, I yeah, love yeah. goalies. And um, the only goalie I ever, because uh, I, I mean, I liked hockey, hockey for a very br- brief period of my life, but yeah. Ed Bill Four from oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Chicago Blackhawks, he played well, for, he, for a long they, time. Yeah, and then, then he went to, uh, then he went to Dallas. Yep. Uh, yeah. I remember, because I, I got into, I became a Devils fan at like a fortunate time. I became a fan in like two, in uh, 1999. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then watched that season. They didn't, uh, I forget if they even made it into the playoffs. I forget, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but 2000, they won the cup. Right. And I remember watching uh, the last couple games of that series, and, and uh, Ed Belfort had gotten the flu. I okay. think he got the flu. Sure. And um, he played, he didn't play well the last game at home that mm-hmm. we went to that the Devils could have won the cup, but okay. Mike Medano scored a goal in like the third overtime or something like that. And it was heartbreaking because <laughs> yeah. we were all there, like, like, wanted to see the cup. Right, and of course. Happen. But then, like, two days later, I, I remember them saying, like, oh, Ed Belfort was really sick, but they still played him. Right. And that's when Jason Arnott scored in second overtime. And sure. Loved it, but... Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um... And so then, when, in your... Obviously, in your home life, like, you know, what... When did you realize that, obviously, like, you know, what your, what your dad was doing was, uh, you know, something that's different from every other dad that yeah. kind of exists in the, yeah, I mean, like when you're going to school and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like. Um, I honestly didn't even know what he was doing when I was, yeah. when I was younger, you sure. know, he had the TV show. Right. Um, and I would see him, you know, he would come back from that around like nine or 10 at night. So I'm going to bed. Right. Of course. And, um, you know, I'm like doing homework or, or having dinner or something. And, sure. Uh, and so I knew that was, you're like, like I knew, I knew he showed up to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew he was doing that, but I didn't watch the show. You know, right. I never, I never watched the show until I was like, until I could stay up until, mm-hmm. tw- you know, the show was on at twelve thirty at night. Yeah, I'm not staying up. No, no. mid grade school. No, okay. no way. Um, so then, uh, uh, it was only when the E Street Band had gotten back together for the reunion tour right. in '99 mm-hmm. uh, that I started like. Um, I think it was something that he and my mom had talked about, like, do we bring them on tour? Do we bring, right. you know, uh, Jay and Allie, like, to the shows and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And they did. And, you know, I, I would I would go watch, and I didn't get it. I just didn't. I was like, so there's all these people right. at this show, and it's in a big, well, like, place. I know, and it, it's, it's kind of funny, because I've always reflected on that, like, you know, your experience, or, you know, people like these experiences, where it's like, you're, you're raised in an environment, like I was just saying, where, you know, it's not, you know, your dad isn't an accountant. Your dad doesn't do this, like, specific, like, you know, okay, I know what that right. means. Yeah. But then you're dropped in the situation. You've got no context. Like you said, you're just yeah. showing up at the show and just be like, oh, oh, like, what's this? Yeah. I didn't know they had records. <laughs> right. I didn't know that there was music. Like, I was like, why do these people all know this stuff? I've never heard this in my life. <laughs> But I, I, didn't, I didn't know, it yeah. was, I think I found out that they had, like, put out records maybe, like, three years later. Right. I was like, oh, these songs, I can listen to these songs when they're not playing the shows. Right. I got, oh, and, right. and I started putting it together. Right. Um, and they kept touring, you know, they did the reunion tour. Of course. They did a record, you know, they did the Rising record. And, right. 
and uh and that's kind of when i was like putting it together started traveling with them and, and sure. just kind of getting a feel for what tour yeah was or whatever it's like oh you go to these different cities and you play shows and right you play these songs that you've written or, or whatever yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Just that, it's just getting a feel because i had no, no. idea ever yeah I, and uh and then I, I started putting it together and, and actually um one of the guys that worked on the tour, his name was Andrew Courtney. Mm-hmm. He got me into when I was that when I was like really young and just totally impressionable, he gave me three records um that like changed my life. He uh-huh. gave me uh Alkaline Trio, Good Morning. This was like when I was like twelve or thirteen. Sure. He gave me Good Morning, uh Thrice the Illusion of Safety and uh Rocket from the Crypt, uh the Dracula was Scream Dracula Scream, yeah. yeah. Give me that, and uh, that, and those that is, that's were a huge. yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great like cross section. Yeah, because yeah. he he saw like maybe some bands that I was listening to, I, I forget what, but he was like, oh, you might be into this stuff. So mm-hmm. he gave me he he like gave me those records, and that was that was huge. Yeah, for me, but um, that's cool. But, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, touring was um, or just you know traveling with them was opening my eyes to just like what. He had been up. My dad had been up to. I know. I, I. I honestly had no clue <laughs> yeah, yeah. what he was doing for like the first ten years of my life. Right. You're just like, well, that's that's I, my dad. I don't like, know. Well, yeah, and that I think that's that's indicative of obviously uh, your parents. You know, they, they were very calculated in what they were obviously exposing you to, and it's like it's yeah. it's good that there's that. You know, you were able to exist within you know a childhood that you know you were able to be a child and not like. Thinking about these, like, all right, place place all this in context. You're just like, I don't care. I'm just I'm gonna play hockey or want to, you know. Yeah, that yeah, that was um, even when I was I was you know traveling with them. Then right. I was still hockey was it for me. Right, I never, right. I never really wanted to play music. Right, it, you know, it didn't interest me. Um, we, I presume your parents were pretty excited about you being super into hockey. Like they were. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty stoked on that, and um, you know, God. Uh, they they would have to be if they were like my mom would drive driving you to a yeah. six like six a.m. game and she would watch she wouldn't just like drop me off yeah, she like, would see you later right. yeah she would be there and and you know they they were um they were really supportive and, and my sister played hockey too we played oh with, really yeah uh, we actually we went to rival high schools um yeah <laughs> she went to one high school uh, uh-huh. that had a really good performing arts uh, she's a great piano player um mm-hmm. uh, they had a great performing arts. Uh, program program mm-hmm. and uh my mom taught there uh, red bank oh, regional okay. high school and uh i went to rumson fairhaven because they had a really good hockey team i wanted i wanted to out of all the teams that i was watching like i, I went as a kid you know in in grade school i would go to uh i would go to the high school you know they were like the big kids oh, dude, totally huge yeah of. and uh <laughs> and i would go to the um to the rink that i would play i would be at house league at mm-hmm. and um and the high school teams would play on like a Friday night or something like that, and right. there would be all these people. It was like packed. Yeah, you know? it yeah. was like a sold out show. Totally. And um, you felt the energy, and dude. Yeah. yeah, it was like being at an NHL show or something. Right, like right. That. And I thought that was the pinnacle. Like I, I was like, oh my god, I want to play for RFH because that they are incredible. Yeah. And then you know all the incredible guys that I, was, I played with a bunch of really good people in the year or two that I played at the high school. Mm-hmm. But all the guys that I had looked up to, like the goalie. You know, he obviously graduated, and right. then I was like, I was the backup goalie for a little while, and you know, right. it wasn't the same team, and it wasn't the same vibe that I thought it was. Right, and, uh, right, and that's what made me think of okay, maybe drums are. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here; it's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? 
and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment, focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you, but for two, look back, be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help, but where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. Right. Well, and and it's funny. I I like, I really like, you hit on a very important point that I think it's like, as we move through our lives, like we have, you should always have those, uh, those points where it's like, okay, this is what the top means. Yeah. And then if you arrive to anywhere in that vicinity, you realize like, whoa, this is only the tip of the eye. Like, there's so much more to accomplish. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, in, in the context of music, like all I wanted to do when I was four, I started playing drums when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. Started a band, and uh, all I had ever wanted to do was play at Chubby's, which was I'm, no joke. This is uh, it sounds, sounds like an amazing sports bar, dude. It is. It was. It was a bar. It was the most depressing bars in Red Bank. <laughs> right. Tell I keep going back to. Uh, sure. It was in Red Bank, and um, it was on like the main street. And I would go to I would go to shows there, and I would watch bands that I would just like. They were you know hometown hero kind of bands, right? And, and across the street was the Internet Cafe, which has actually since closed and become an Urban Outfitters. But okay. uh, the Internet Cafe was amazing because mm. they would have floor hardcore shows. Oh, nice! And no and no place around there around us like had that. There was a VFW hall that was twenty minutes away, but there was the Internet Cafe, which was like five minute drive from my house. So. Okay. Uh, super safe for you to go to like your parents were okay with that yeah, yeah, yeah. internet cafe there's you know they, <laughs> right. they sell cupcakes in right the, in the window what harm you know? could be done here yeah yeah and um 
my favorite band from the area was a band called Away From It All, and mm-hmm. they changed their name to Gosh and Surface. Uh, and they they'd since broke up and, uh-huh. and went on to other projects. But I, I think they were around for like a year. But I saw that band, and I was just like, oh, my God. Right, they were right. really abrasive, really intense and, okay. and stuff. And I just like, just, I ate it up. Right, it. right. Um, but I, I, I was never... I was never the guy that was like in the pit. Right. I just never. You were just observing. Right? I was. I was just observing. Yeah, that was. It was kind of weird. That's and that's why the Red Bank hardcore scene is so strange because I always felt um, I was on the outskirts, just wanting to watch the band and see what they did. And I was like, how could I do that? Like I couldn't right. do it. I couldn't at the time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even fathom like where I would start to to do that. But yeah. Uh, but I knew I really liked it. Sure, and that sure. Was, that, yeah, that was like my existence within the New Jersey community. I was like, I don't know any of you, and I don't. Right. I, who's, yeah. who's that weird kid in the corner? Like it was. It was really like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I had my best. I had like my best friend at the time. I was still is like my best friend. Mm-hmm. We would go to we would go to shows right. all the time, and and we were just the weird kids that were just standing on the side of the <laughs> room, just right. like not really participating, but just sure. absorbing what the yeah, band was yeah. doing, and that was. Yeah, that was really important to me. And so you're, uh, as you were going to high school and, uh, you know, what was your experience like with that where obviously you were involved in hockey, but you know, what, cause obviously, you know, just putting people into stereotypes yeah. and sort of like, you know, what, what group did you find yourself like fitting into and did you like the high school experience or was it kind of just something that you were doing? Cause obviously you knew it was important to your parents. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't like the high school. I didn't mm-hmm. like high school. Um, I spent most of my time by myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, that's, it's not to be like, oh, I'm God yeah. kid. Alone, I was, I was whatever. angsty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. It's just like, I, I didn't relate to really many people. There were, there were a couple people that I'll still even keep in touch with today, mm-hmm. but, um, and teachers that I liked, you know, and, uh, but a lot of teachers kind of looked at me and thought like, oh, he's probably just going to be trouble. Cause you uh-huh. know, I was the kid when I, like when I went in my first day of high school, I had like black nail polish on and I, and I'm, I don't know, I guess I, I had a weird kind of vibe about me that sure. just made, made teachers in a, in a really, uh, just kind of really conservative part of town. Uh-huh. It wasn't, it wasn't really open-minded where, whereas my sister's high school was completely open-minded. Well, like, yeah, you, a, like you're saying a melting pot of right. everything. And a little, uh, a little more liberal arts leaning like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ours was like, football high school hockey high school sure baseball high school whatever and that's great but it just wasn't for me and um mm-hmm. i took that time when i you know loved playing hockey right got to high school it wasn't really working out the, the team was kind of uh splitting apart mm-hmm. i there was really like a click of people in within the team and within my high school that i just didn't get along with right you know? and uh i never Went to parties, never right. did any of that, and I, uh, sure. I kind of that was it was when I discovered drums, like mm-hmm. in my first in my freshman year, that I was just like, well, I'm gonna take my weekend time and just right. do this. So right. like Friday and Saturday night, I'm gonna hole up and play the drums, and mm-hmm. that's it. And I and it was alone, you know, I didn't right, play right, with right. anybody. Right. Uh, it was just playing a, I put on headphones and played the records like anybody does. Right, and, right, uh, right. And just do that. And then I would, you know, I would go to school, spend time by right. myself. And there were it, it teachers. Exist in there. Yeah, sure, yeah. I think there were teachers that got that, though. Like, there were, there were um, younger teachers who I didn't butt heads with that mm-hmm. kind of got, like, oh, he's into, 
you know, the Ramones and the Clash and stuff that I was into when I was a, right. in, in high school or, or whatever. And, uh, so, and you so felt, that, you felt that those, obviously those teachers had a context for where we were coming from and they yeah. didn't, they weren't like, oh, like we just shouldn't even talk to him. Yeah. There were, there were some that were so far that way that it was, I couldn't have a good, like, there was no possibility for me to have a good. And don't, and it, it just, it, anytime I hear that, it's totally, cause I, I imagine your mom would obviously never do that to a student. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, my mom would never like look, I mean, she, she may make a judgment on a kid, but yeah. she would never be like, oh, like I shouldn't teach to that kid. Cause he, cause he's kind of weird looking. Yeah. My mom t- told me a funny story uh, uh-huh. a while ago. Funny, like she related to kids based on a lot of music stuff. And of course, uh, um, you know, when, uh, when John Lennon was killed, mm-hmm. there was a guy that, like, all she and this kid talked about were the Beatles. The Beatles were his life, right. and and when John Lennon was, was killed, he came into he came into school just like just completely totally. a, devastated, a mess, sure. devastated, whatever. My mom was too, and uh, I think they had like a, a test that day or something, mm-hmm. and he just like bombed the whole thing, and she sure. like gave him. Because you know, she's like, I know what you're I going understand. Through. I know right, what you're going right, through. Right. So, so yeah, no, she would she, uh, to compare her to the teachers that I had that were cool. Right. Yeah, she was definitely. Yeah, and she would have been one of those. It just yeah. it just sucks that you obviously hear about people. Just like in any profession, you have your people that are good, and you have your people that suck. And it's just I just you just wish that those teachers that sucked and made judgments on kids, like yeah. you know, would just be like, all right, yeah, get out of here, yeah. Like, it just always irks me. Um, and so as like when you're, um, you know, when you started to get into like independent music and obviously starting to get into stuff that maybe your parents didn't have a context for, yeah. how do they react to that? Was it, they were just like, oh, what's this weird stuff that yeah. Jay's bringing home? I know, yeah. They, um, it was, it was, it was interesting and it, it got, it like, it went through layers, you know, when mm-hmm. it went from, uh, the who right. to, the Stones and the Beatles and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it took a drastic like left turn when my dad brought me to Ozfest and brought me to see Slipknot and Slayer. And uh, what and what possessed him to was he just like I think they're on Jay the will, they like, were on the Conan show and he was like, oh my god, these guys are super scary and they wear masks. Like you're gonna love them. They're really loud and they're crazy. That's and, awesome. And I was into you know. I've, the, the hardest thing I listened to was like Dude Ranch, or right, 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 right. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I was, I was like, oh, okay, and, sure. Uh, and went to went to see them, and it blew my mind. Sure. So that went my appetite for uh, intense, right, loud, getting into more extreme things. Yeah, right? when when bombs go off on the on the amplifiers, and all right. the guys are yelling, and right. I, I had no, I had no frame of reference for that. So that was all new to me, and I really wanted to explore it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was really young. I was like, I was nine years old. Right. And I was going to say, because it's funny because your, I think your musical journey was obviously much more accelerated than what your typical kid would be exposed to yeah, yeah, just sure. based on obviously your dad's profession. And it was just like, oh yeah, I have all the access to this stuff. Like, yeah. oh, let's, let's see if Jay likes this. Yeah. Well, my, intro- and it was, it was interesting because like my introduction to metal yeah. and all that, like just heavy stuff came from my dad. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, another, I had a friend whose dad uh, wasn't really into bad religion. Oh, okay. And so we would drive around and we would listen to, like, you know, uh, American Jesus and stuff. That was the first, sure. like, punk rock song that I heard. Okay. And I loved it. So I got into really heavy stuff. Right. I got into punk rock stuff. And all that, all it, it just kind of blended into, yeah. into it, itself, you know, because 
Well, wait, at these... that time you're at that time too because you're so young. You're not concerned about like quote unquote scenes. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You're just, just like it's music. Yeah, I mean, I still don't get scenes. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, totally, totally. But I, uh, um, yeah. To me, it was like it was unpolished. It was really just raw. I yeah. loved it, and that's what I wanted. That's I got a lot of that in hockey, and mm-hmm. I just stopped getting that when I got into high school. So got I it. wanted the new. I wanted another fix of that. And, right. Uh, and, um, yeah, so that's when I started getting into, I guess, like, you know, independent, independent music. music. Yeah, 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 quote unquote independent music. Like, right. uh, got really into, um, I had a friend whose brother was really into, like, the drive for the dance. You oh, know, sure. So got me into, you know, the movie life and, uh, and what, I, like, Finch was yep. on, uh, yeah, 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 was on drive through and, yep. um, a lot of those bands, like, accessible bands mm-hmm. to listen to, but still, like, you know, yeah, it's edgy, different. It's, edgier, not, it's sure. not The Who, you know? No, no, People that all. are into The Who might not get into that stuff. Not at all, so, yeah. So it, it, became, it began that process of, of finding out all these uh You, all you these have bands. all these different inputs. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is when I started finding music on my own. Because right. it wasn't something that my dad handed down to me or, like, my friend's dad dad handed down to me it was like right okay i'm finding this out from my friend and then we go see this band mm-hmm. and and then you know and then you find out a lot of bands through that you of know course. through through the drive through records bands or whatever i found uh actually my first club show mm-hmm. that i ever gone to was um in 2002 okay my dad brought me and my friend to uh who's the guy that like got me into drive through bands mm-hmm. uh brought me to see finch uh, My Chemical Romance and The Used. Oh, sure. Uh, when, like, all of their... Uh, Finch was on that uh, What It Is to Burn record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Chem was on the You Brought Me Your Bullets. Right, right. Whatever, right. whatever that mm-hmm. album was. And The Used had just put out their self-titled record. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It was a big time I mean, yeah. for whatever that music is, it was. Totally. And, um, and then... And that's honestly where I... Uh, that's when I met Brandon Steinecker, who plays in Rancid now. Mm-hmm. And he's... Since then, I was, I was 12, and I'm 22 now. He's been, like, one of my best friends ever since that day. That's awesome. And um, and so that got me into... That show in particular was, you know, I was 12 at the time, and I saw Brandon playing, mm-hmm. and I was like, I could do that. I That looks really, really, really fun. Right. And I think I really want to do that. And, sure. Um, still playing hockey at this time, but I uh, that's when I was, like, playing drums in a band. Looks... Right. really cool yeah yeah uh so i want to do that and that's i, I kind of meditated on that for like sure. two years right right yeah, yeah it started to, the, the, that was the seed that was planted and then you it germinated from there and yeah. the uh so w- technically what was the what was the first band that you played in that you know whatever that you played a show where it was like all first right band that i ever played in was uh we were called sadie may Okay. And after uh, Susan Atkins, who was one of the Manson family members. Right, right, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was 14. I just started playing drums, and we were um, we were just like a hardcore metal band. Okay. And uh, basically... <laughs> and you were playing drums, I presume. I was playing drums, yeah. 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 And um, it was my first time I had played music with other people, mm-hmm. but I had been playing drums for like, I don't know, maybe like six to eight months okay and, uh, so soon you're like 14 15 14 yeah, okay and, yeah. uh, and it was with a guitar a guitar player that went to my high school who was also like a wrestler and mm-hmm. oh man he was like looking back on it so funny he would play guitar he was like this big dude like sure. weightlifter dude and he would play this les paul that the uh the strap was a giant chain like uh 
you know, like chains that you'll like wrap around your tires or whatever. Of course, of course, right? Yeah, it was, right. Like, it was like that. And uh, oh my god, that's amazing. Play. Yeah, and we would um, <laughs> we were a band that basically just got together, listened to Lamb of God and Shadows Fall, right? And Slipknot, and we would do that for like five hours, and then we would like write a riff, right, or something like that. You right, know, we just do a bunch of covers. Yeah, and then, yeah. We just knew that we like loved heavy music, and we loved just like sitting around mm-hmm. and headbanging, right. And then, oh, yeah, we have instruments, too. Oh, here's this riff that I was working on. Oh, let's do that. And, right. uh, and we played. We were together for two years, and we played two shows. <laughs> One show a year. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the first show had, uh, it was at the Saint in Asbury Park. Okay. And uh, that had, like, 20 to 30 people, all close friends and Of family. course, of course. And then uh, I think they hated it so much that I... Uh, People really close to us wouldn't say it, but uh, the second show that we played, like right. a year later, right? We asked all those people if like they would want to come see, and right. none of them came. We played to the we played to the band that played after us. Oh, one of those shows, yeah, one of those shows. And you yeah, do yeah. that, you know, of you, course, all bands do that. But uh, oh yeah, but that was our first experience with that, being like fourteen years old. It was, right? It was, uh, well, where is everybody? Yeah, <laughs> that was funny, but um, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, but uh, but so that yeah, Sadie Mae was my first band, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so then, like, as as you were, you know, getting to the point in, in, in schooling where it was like, all right, like, you know, what, did you have any sense of, like, you, were you just like, I'm all in for music, I want to try to find a way to, like, make that happen as my life? Yeah, that okay. was that was the day that I called my coach and told him that I wasn't going to do, because hockey was my life. Right. And now I just, like, one day I was like, okay, hockey's now not my life. Music is my life. Interesting. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't changed. Since right. then, you know, that was seven, eight, that was eight years ago. Right, uh, right. So, uh, yeah, it, that was, that was the day when I decided I wasn't going to, and I, I literally haven't played hockey since then. Wow. I've, I've wanted to, you know, sure. I've, I've skated uh, a bunch, but, um, but, yeah, but I, I haven't I played, up a stick. <laughs> I haven't played a game. I've had a lot of friends, like a lot, a lot of people in bands mm-hmm. I've found, uh, have really like been into hockey and I'll, um, yeah. you know, I'll, We'll talk about like yeah, oh, we gotta play together. It just never happens. Yeah, but, uh, well, it, it's so much. I mean, hockey is obviously so much harder than just like hey, let's go to yeah, a basketball yeah. court. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Hey, let's go get pads and yeah, find this and do that. Get ice time and, <laughs> and whatever. Right. And, like and and hockey rinks are just like few and far between. It's true. Down the one that I uh, I think the one that I had played at a lot in Wall Township. Mm-hmm. I think it like closed down. But, oh, wow. uh, yeah, because like nobody, I mean, hockey's no longer on TV anymore. It right. used to be on, on like NBC. It's and it true, used to yeah. Be Saturdays you would have, you 100% have a yeah. hockey game on. Now it's on Versus or, or whatever. It's true. But like, I, there's a bunch of channels that, like, oh, I can't watch the my favorite team anymore because yeah. I don't have that channel or yeah. something like that. And all of them are just, eh, whatever. It's yeah. Hockey, nobody cares about no, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Move, move to Canada, and then that's yeah, the yeah, national yeah. sport. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then, as you were um, obviously you making the decision that all right, I want to try to make music my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, your parents obviously understood that. Yeah. Um, to to a certain extent, I'm sure. Yeah they uh, they they didn't understand it when I was just like, oh well, I'm not going to finish high school. Uh, I'm going to start a band, and I'm gonna just tour because that's what people do now. right and and uh that so was that was that your sophomore or junior year that you were sophomore like, like end of my sophomore year yeah uh that i um 
I started another band. Okay. Uh, and it was my favorite thing. I dedicated, you know, all my time mm-hmm. to it and uh, became just the, like, the asshole guy in the band that just, like, ran everything. Of and course. because anybody, like, I looking back on it, I wish I had kind of given other people that, that were around us and other people in the band, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you can do this and you can do this. Right, like, right. Nope, I got everything covered. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, and I, I'm sure, I mean, to be fair... Just look, hearing it from the outsider's perspective, it's like, uh, you, I mean, you had quit everything to do that. Yeah. Whereas I imagine yeah. a lot of other people that are in that situation are like, you know, they're whatever, they're, they're still going to high school. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, like, I, didn't, I didn't quit high school, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but, uh, but the band, can, it, it was everything to me. And, right. Uh, every, you know, I had a free period in high school. Every free period, I was designing a flyer. For a show and we and that that band we actually played a lot uh it's called chaosis okay and uh that band we played a bunch like we would play at least once a month mm-hmm. and we would we ended up uh that was the first band where i ended up playing uh throwing shows at my house oh nice. and uh yeah and and it was cool because it was like that's de- i mean that's definitely such a part of new jersey yeah you like yeah. having shows at houses whereas like out here on the west coast yeah it's like yeah, you can have like a band play for like ten minutes and then the cops will show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, here, here it was or uh, in, in in New Jersey, Jersey it yeah. was uh, it was different. And I didn't I didn't learn about like wow, New Jersey really does have a lot of shows. I, right. I learned that way later. Right. I, I thought it was like a unique thing that we were doing. Right. Uh, Which but, is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, and we ended up being like the like the competition for the local promoters who ended up like we we put on a show mm-hmm. on a Saturday had a. Uh, one of the shows, actually, I think the first one, we had Sadie Mae, because they continued. They, uh, I quit that band to start this other band. Okay. And uh, they got another drummer, and I was still friends with them, and they played sure. played this show, and my band will headline, you know? And, yeah. And uh, put, on a, put on at least, like, a show a month, like, the last Saturday of every month. Mm-hmm. And, um, excuse me, we had a bunch of, like, had like a Halloween party, and we would get, a, you know, just get a lot of pizza, people that were into the Red Bank scene, sure. people that we liked, people that, like, we wanted there to, wanted to be there. Uh-huh. We invited them, and it got to the point where, like, everybody that would go to, uh, the local promoter at the time was called Jersey Shows. Mm-hmm. They might still be around, but, um, they would put, they put on shows, and, uh, and we would have one like the same night or something like that. Yeah. And everybody that was gonna go, I remember there was one time everybody that was gonna go to you know X band whatever came to our show and we packed it. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I got a call from that promoter, oh. and because he had put yeah. on a lot of our shows when sure. we were just starting out, and uh, and he was like, "What the fuck? Like you're taking all my you know all these all people. my business, right?" And I was just like, "Sorry, yeah, yes, right, but." I I wasn't sorry. Yeah, you know, I was I was happy. I was like right. You were bu- that. because you were building something on your own that was so like organic and just yeah. like fun. Yeah, but like you said, it was that was everything. And mm-hmm. Planning, you know, making flyers and planning these house shows and trying to get in touch with people that ran the Knights of Columbus on you know on thirty six where we lived. Sure, uh, that was all top priority to me. Right. School was secondary. Sure, was completely like it was an afterthought, and uh-huh. I and I still but I still wanted to like. Um, I did well on quizzes yeah. and stuff, and like that's that's probably like you said, just from having a yeah. mom in your DNA. Teacher, it's right. in your DNA to right. want to like, okay, well, if I got like a seventy on this, well, yeah. I should do better and, uh, and right. whatever. So I wanted to be a good student, graduated, and um, that's when music was like, you know, yeah. So the, the whole plan was that like obviously once you graduated high school, you're like, this is I want to find a way to make a living off of music. 
I mean, I had no, I had no idea how I was going to do it. Right, I right. Didn't, I didn't know. But you knew that's um, what you wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do it. I just had no idea mm-hmm. of what I would do. So to kind of um, to combat that, mm-hmm. I went to a college where I didn't know anybody. A lot of people I knew uh, went to college because they were going with, like, several other people. Of course, and, right. You know, I, I wanted to go. Uh, my sister got into NYU. Mm-hmm. She went there. And I would go up to New York. This is actually uh, to back up a little bit sure. from when I was like 13 mm-hmm. through 17, mm-hmm. I guess, like when I graduated uh, high school, I would go up to New York like every weekend mm-hmm. and uh, hang out, try and find shows and stuff. And I would go to like my sister was right in the village. Okay. So that was around like the St. Mark's area. Sure, there was a lot of, of music happening around there. Tons. CBGB's was there. Like yep. I got to go there a bunch before it closed. Mm-hmm. I got to play there. It was awesome. That's right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but uh, I was going up to New York a lot and I wanted to, I saw so much stuff happening around NYU and I was like, oh my God, I really want to go there. I yeah. got to go there. Uh, uh, submit, you know, sent all my stuff, applied, and didn't get in. And yeah. I was like, I was crushed, but I was just like, well, whatever, I'll find something else. Right. And uh, <laughs> and then I applied to Stevens in Hoboken, mm-hmm. and I'm so much happier there. That's where I still am. Right. I live, I live across the street from where the school is. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been such a better home mm-hmm. because it's, uh, uh, well, a lot of reasons are separate from this story, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But so anyway, I wanted to go to to NYU and be in like the, the midst of all that of and, course and, you, know, you want to be right in the middle of it right yeah. in the middle of it go to shows all the time and, of course and be around you know the the village area and, and Washington Square Park and whatever you know, right that's the thing and uh um but I didn't know what I was gonna do musically my sure. band you know Chaos had split up right because we all went to different schools mm-hmm. um so I this is a total true story I went on MySpace mm-hmm Looking, this is when MySpace was like, well, dude, yeah, yeah, two thousand eight. Of course, still, it was still huge. Yeah, Facebook yeah. was getting there, right, right. MySpace was still the big thing, of course. And um, I went on MySpace looking at New York bands. I don't know how how I would look for it, but like I, I would look for New York bands that needed a drummer. Need a drummer, sure. And I found the one that appealed to me the most mm-hmm. uh, was a band called The Reveling, okay, uh, from New York. It was like a punk band. Uh, auditioned and it felt awesome so i was like okay so you just sent them a message you're like hey i hear i I can play yeah like they had they had a thing like hey so and so is going off to get his doctorate or or something like that or going off to do more school so we need a drummer and uh we're looking for yeah we're looking for a drummer so that was it and um i had just started school Mm -hmm. the rev i got the reveling and we're playing like playing shows that um you know uh, what what I felt, what I still feel was like really important, and I still, whenever I'm home, mm-hmm. I try and go to like random shows in Brooklyn. You yeah. know, like at at uh, there was one place. Oh god, I forget what it was called, but it was a great like punker flat oh, place. Oh sure. That um, uh, it was it was like a two level thing. Mm-hmm. Show happened on the first level. Sure. You go upstairs and you find that there's a giant hole cut out in the floor <laughs> of the of the second yeah. story. And uh, and um, there's like bikes hanging everywhere, and every wall is spray painted. Right. And we would play shows here because the band they're much older than me. They were like, uh-huh. I was 18, sure, and I think our guitar player was like 27, oh, okay, or something like that. So that was the age difference. Sure. And, um, uh, where was I going? Yeah, no, but see, yeah. So so that. I would go to these places that like I'm like, wow, this kind of place exists, and you yeah. can see it in 
you know, SLC punk. Right, right. You don't think that this is in... <laughs> sure. Whatever. You just don't think about that kind of stuff when you're eight, yeah. 17 or 18. Of course. And so, but then I would go and we played these shows and I really loved it. And, um, and it was fun. Um, and then, yeah, once I had been doing that for like, I was in college, doing that simultaneously mm-hmm. with, with college and like, okay, classes end. I go to New York to practice. And then right. I come back and it was, it was cool. It was a routine that I really yeah, liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the scheduling conflict came up with my dad and the TV show that uh, he was going to have to be at the start of the Tonight Show mm-hmm. at the same time that one of the East Street Bands tours were going to start. Right. And uh, and they needed somebody to fill in. Yeah. And that was kind of what, like, interrupted everything. Sure. In the best way possible. Well, of course, yeah. But Hey, um, hey do you want to play in front of a few people? <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of like this, this moment where uh i was i was kind of you know doing doing the high school band stuff doing the college band right thing, right and then all of a sudden this uh this interesting opportunity came up where it was sure. like i didn't think nobody thought of that this would ever that it would ever happen right you know? and uh but it just kind of happened right and, uh, I played, so, yeah how did you how did your dad how did your dad introduce that to you was he just well, like Hey, how did like? Yeah, it was it was weird. Um, what had happened was uh, over years, you know, since mm-hmm. since the band got back together, you know, they before they got back together, they all had kids, right. and uh, you know, my sister and me included, right. and uh, all the kids of the band mm-hmm. have like gotten up on stage and, and played. Like my sister, I was in awe of what my sister did when she was like thirteen. She got up and played keyboard to a to a song. Um, when when uh, that's incredible yeah when they played a show in new york right. and uh and i thought that was incredible and i, mm. I, I was just like oh man that's just the next level right and uh uh all the kids i think like everybody who had a kid their kid has been on stage right i was the last one oh, who had never okay done it. sure just because well i don't play guitar right. i don't play bass well i do but like it's not good right and right. uh what you're gonna have me sit on the drums? Right. You can't. Yeah. If, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm messing up, you can't just pull that down in the mix. That's like, true. Yeah. yeah. You, that's just not. <laughs> yeah. This is way too obvious if you fucks up. Exactly. It's right. just it's over. And totally. like I said, that's that pressure situation of like being a goalie. You draw yeah. a lot of parallels to the drummer. It's like sure, sure. And um, my dad, they were they were doing one of their last shows mm-hmm. of of that whole uh, touring kind of cycle know, cycle and. Uh, and he was like, "Why don't you play with us at Soundcheck? Do a song at Soundcheck." Oh, okay. I was like, "Yeah, that'd yeah, be that's awesome. Fun. That's easy." Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, uh, so we did "Born to Run" at Soundcheck, uh-huh. and uh, and it sounded good. Right. It sounded like re- it was fun. Yeah, I loved it. And I had never played with like in ear monitors, and there's a band. Right. And, right. Like, whatever. It was a whole new just sensory overload thing, but I sure. loved it. And um, and so then, yeah, did, uh, it felt really good. So. Um, that night they were like well why don't we just do that during the show yeah and so we did and uh and it was right before i had gone to college it was like uh it was the summer before i started college like a couple maybe two weeks before right and um and it was a giant stadium right did that and that was amazing yeah Um, (laughs) i mean this those are the sort of experiences where it's like you i mean obviously you can reflect on it now and be like that was amazing but you're just like like that you could pull yourself together enough to be like all right like this is what I'm doing. Well, like, it was only for that one day. I only, right. I knew I was like, I'm going to do this to say I did it. Right. And then, of course. and then that's it. <laughs> right. And then I never have to do it again. Sure. And, uh, 
and I've been there, you know, like right. I, I can say that I, that I did that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that was it. Never thought of doing it again. That sure. Was, it was a moment in time and that was it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but then the scheduling conflict happened with, uh, with the tonight show and, right. and the tour. And, uh, yeah, my dad had asked me, like I went, I would, I would go back home all, like all the time uh, between like on the weekends and stuff to play drums because my drums were in my house. Sure. And, um, excuse me, my dad asked me, um, he said like, Hey, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but I think the tour is going to coincide with the tonight show happening. Mm -hmm. I'll need to be in two places at once and I can't, and we need to find somebody to play. Right. So you might get asked to do this. He's wow. like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Right. Right. But I'm just happen. prepping. You. Yeah. He's like, don't be disappointed if it doesn't happen, but it might happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it happened. And, That's uh, crazy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Bruce asked if uh, if I would want to do it. Sure, and I did it, and I, I I said yeah, and that was like that's that's when everything became casual. Like yeah, you got to play a show on the weekend and and uh, or something like that. That's when it became something that just like took all my attention. Of course, and uh, and I was still doing school at right. the time too. So um, I kind of posed it to the school. I was like. Hey, I uh, I really want to do school, and I really want to do this, but I also have this. Yeah, I kind of can't say this no awesome to this. opportunity. Yeah. Right. I would love to do both if that's okay with you. But sure. if I'm if I have to choose one or the other, right. I hope you are right. comfortable. You, okay, you may, have heard, you you may have heard of the boss. <laughs> I have to play with him. That was kind of what it came down to. <laughs> sure. um, so I, I uh, they they were um, they were like, well, let's see if if you can do it. Let's right. See, let's see if. Uh, if that's something that we can make happen, and we made it happen, that's you know, awesome. through uh, through like a couple U.S. tours and European tours. Sure, we, sure. Uh, it was over the court. It was over two thousand nine, right. and um, you know, some of the most uh, formative experience that I've oh, like ever had. You know, I was I was eighteen. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Well, yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's so cool because it's like you were able to I mean obviously step into something that is so massive I mean it's an I mean it's an empire, and <laughs> to be able to you know to be able to develop like you said you took it 
super seriously. And it's yeah. like, you know, that you weren't, you weren't obviously going to disrespect, you know, your family, your dad, but just be like, whatever, dude. Like, here, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm fucking showing up. I'm doing this. And it's like, <clears> that obviously will bleed over to all of your experiences within life and be like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to do this and I'm going to dedicate myself to it. Cause like you said, you didn't want to be like, you know, half-assing two things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was the biggest thing that had happened in my life of course, up, in, up until then. So I wanted to take it really seriously. And, sure. uh, and that's what just kind of like set the stage for everything that I wanted. Right. That I, that I, uh, I, I, how I put this, I learned that I wanted to do this right. and through doing that whole, that whole tour and whatever, I got a taste of like, this is what it's like to do it. Sure. And I knew it wasn't, you know, I knew from day one that it wasn't going to be forever. Right. You know, this is not your reality from here on out. No, right. Yeah. That's so, it's not reality, man. Right. Um, but, uh, but it's great. And it's, it is my family, you know, right. like those people. And you, I, you'd been around them for so long. For so, yeah, for, uh. At that point, I had been on the road with them for like nine years. Right. But uh, even before then, you know, my dad was still close to everybody. Of so I had known those people since I was a little baby. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was it was a real family, and I've been like everybody, all the you know, all the people on the tour, of are just like their friends and fans still are. You know, right. Right. Uh, that's that's honestly why I'm here in California right now. Right. Is to just like hang out. You know, yeah. I they're they're my favorite band you right know? so i any opportunity i get when i'm off tour now i want to watch them do what they do well, of course yeah because like i mean it's it's all, all you view that as is it's an extension of your family it's like yeah, this it has really essentially is. been able to take care of you i mean financially and like just basically be able to give you this support system that you have just outside of your immediate family yeah and um and Bruce was awesome in helping me find out uh, really what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. the drums. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, almost like through like not even saying anything. It was just the the vibe that he projects. Sure. Makes, uh, you know, it was a. Uh, you can't describe it other than you know it's yeah. just awesome. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, and um, and so how did you? Because obviously, like I remember. I mean, honestly, when I first became knowledgeable of you is when you know the when the news about madball came out where it was just like oh yeah like (laughs) jay weinberg i mean like i you know what i I maybe heard of your name but like more of a fixture within the independent music where it's like you know you start to see like you know punknews.org be like hey jay weinberg son of max weinberg is playing for madball and everyone was like what yeah like which was everybody's reaction of course <laughs> which was i imagine funny. i imagine I, I love that right it's uh, so, like during that whole experience i mean like you said you've obviously done uh, you know a number of interviews and you know obviously you guys split off it didn't work out etc cetera, etc cetera. but like when when that initial experience happened for you where it was like all right i am going to join madball which like is <laughs> like you know what i mean was it was it it was obviously because you wanted to push yourself and challenge yourself in a way yeah, yeah. um but then, you know, did did you receive a lot of that feedback or was it just like, what, it, Madball, this is such a weird move, like. Yeah, um, cause, and, but, like, to me, it wasn't weird. Sure. It was natural. Right. It happened naturally. But, uh, and, like, I would talk about people, because people would ask me, you know, like, oh, so what's your background? Like, what kind of bands do you play in? And I'm like, right. I play in metal bands. And I play in, like, yell yeah. your head off kind of bands. And, sure. And these are my favorite bands. And these are the bands I really look up to. Right. And they're all like, 
oh yeah, whatever. But you're like you're a rock and roll drummer, and you of play course. you play rock and roll, and you know I was, I was playing with the E Street Band and stuff like that. So, right, right. So they, I don't think people really took that side of me that seriously. I, I can I, ima- I can imagine whatever with people. When you've done something like what you have, and obviously your your family, your pedigree, people are going to look at you and judge you, like plain and simple. Yeah. And I'm sure you've experienced that through, I mean, a lot of aspects in your life where it's just like, oh, that's that's the fucking kid, like that's the. <laughs> but then when you're able to do the thing that I respect about, I mean, this is fast forwarding, but the thing I respect about you the most is the fact that you've obviously been able to, Im- like, embrace what you've been raised around. But then also obviously set your own course because it's like there's a lot of times where it's like it, it, people people that have been introduced to a, you know a, a non um, a non traditional environment such as yourself where it's like you know a musician family and everything um, you know sometimes they just become uh, you know kind of a, a parody and a joke of themselves yeah. where it's just like I mean this is a random example but it's like um, you know a person like a comedian like Polly Shore where it's okay. like. His mom, you know, was like the person who did the comedy store in LA and right. she started that. It's like, um, you know, of course he had no choice but to become a comedian. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, when he was doing his thing, like, of course he had his own unique voice, but then it's like, you know, after his sort of star was not rising anymore, it was going down, yeah. people were just, you know, he's a joke. Yeah. And it was like, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, he was, he was trying to force himself into like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be this comedian. I'm going to be this person. But it's like looking at what you've done where it's just like, all right, I've done this. I'm playing with Madball, playing with against me. And you're just like, you, all you're doing is what you have wanted to do once you started to figure out what drums were. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, really, uh, that I, you know, I love, uh, obviously I love my dad, right. you know, and he's been, of course. he and my mom and just, every, you know, everybody that's, that's been close to me, like they have, have been super supportive and I love that. Um, right. but I, and I, uh, it surprises some people when I say I'd never, like, I didn't take drum lessons or, or anything like that. And, right. um, just because, and I find that the most valuable thing that my dad gave me was sure. just freedom to do right. whatever, find out, you know, you know. I found this on myself. You find it for yourself. You know, of course, you find it on right, right. So, uh, so that's what it was, and I just had to find out what I wanted to do music right. and with music, and uh, and I just gravitated towards different things. You of know, course. I grew, we grew up in completely different ages. You know, totally. where my version of the Beach Boys and the you know and and Dave Clark Five or whatever it's music that's you know still yeah it's relevant and cool or whatever. Right. Uh, those bands that were like my dad had those bands. Right. I had. You know, Mastodon. Of and, course. Uh, and I had, uh, like, all, all these just bands, these aggressive bands that I just uh, gravitated towards. Of course. So when I was doing all these bands in high school, and then I went to do the E Street Band, right. I said, yeah, I love rock and roll. And, of course. and that's it, everything to me, just as long as it had a heart and it had a soul to it and right. it had a purpose, that was just, it resonated with me. Sure. And, um, and that's all the stuff that still resonates with me. But it all, that all made sense. And right. then to go to Madball, it made sense. But it didn't right. make sense to some people. And, well, uh, it doesn't make sense to people that are on the outside looking in. You're like, because they can't, tra- they don't trace you contextually to where you ended up. They just look, oh, it's like, oh, yeah. this they, yeah. Like, Madball hired a session drummer. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure that's a lot of people were just like, oh, yeah, like, this this kid, this, this was just like a publicity stunt for Madball. Or yeah, yeah. Well, it happened in, like, the right. most natural way. You uh-huh. know, like, we've we've been mutual friends. Uh, we've, or we've had mutual friends. Right. Through uh, H2O, mm-hmm. you know, like, I've, uh, excuse me, the, um, 
the wife of H2O's guitar player, Rusty, mm-hmm. uh, her name's Debbie, sure. she worked with my dad for like 15, probably more years. Sure. And I, and she got me into punk rock. You know, she, you she handed me down like all these, all these great records and got me into H2O right. and, uh, and stuff like that. So through H2O and going to H2O shows, right. I became familiar with Madball because they're course. so close. And, sure. uh, we had a lot of mutual friends met, you know, met with, uh, Miss, the, uh, Madball's guitar player. And, right. uh, I was doing the um, this drum off thing. This is like kind of shortly after the uh, the E Street Band tour. It all wound down, and I was right. kind of like, "All right, now is time." What's my next chapter? What's my next chapter? And I was still doing the Reveling at the time. I was mm-hmm. doing that simultaneously, uh, doing the E Street Band and the Reveling at the same time. Sure. Um, so I was already busy, but I was kind of looking for like, well. Man, I kind of want to be more occupied, right? Uh, and well, I'm sh- and I'm sure you also wanted to obviously be able to, you know, uh, contribute creatively as well, like e- even more so because, like, the reveling you obviously joined up as they were going. And, yeah, like, but that's the thing is, like, I uh, since high school, uh, like, I was just like joining bands, right? Whenever like I joined the reveling, right? I because they needed a drummer, and I looked them up, and they needed a drummer. Right. I, you know, played with the E Street Band because they needed right. a drummer. You joined uh, them, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, and you know, then Madball needed a drummer, right. so uh, I was doing this this drum off thing with my dad, uh-huh. and uh, and Mitz saw who I'd like just seen like a couple weeks before then, and had talked about hockey. He's a big hockey fan, right? And um, talked a lot about hockey and, and like exchanged information. He saw that I was doing this drum off thing, and he sent me an email like, "Hey, do you know any drummers that are out there that would want to play with Madball? Because mm-hmm. like we, you know, we need a guy, and and let me know, <laughs> like let me know right. if there's anybody out there." I emailed him back. I was like, what if I did it? Yeah. I'll do it. And uh, and he was like, yeah, you'd be into doing that? And I was like, yeah. So that's – that, and that's just how bands got together or of get course. together, you know? That's, it's the simplest of stories where it's just like, yeah, like, you know, friends and you know people. And you just, yeah. It's a simple question. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so to me, like, drawing the lineage between the E Street Band and Madball is, is – uh, different. And of course. Maybe it's not uh, predictable. Yeah. But to me, it was natural. Of course. It makes sense. Right. Uh, so yeah, did, uh, you know, I, oh man, I had a horrible audition. I remember that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, because it was, it was really short notice. Like the tour, the, uh, this was the Rebellion tour that we, we were talking about. Right. Uh, this was maybe like two and a half weeks after I had just exchanged emails with him. Oh, shit. So he sent me, like, you know, 20-something songs, whatever, yeah. like the set. Yeah, and it's not like and Madball doesn't have a lot of songs to choose from. <laughs> it's like, here's this library of cat- yeah. of music. How about you learn a few? <laughs> Honestly, that was, that uh, out of, you know, all the performance experience and all the uh, all the amazing things that I'll always cherish and carry with me from the E Street Band, right. one of the most, one of the things that I found most important was the ability to uh, learn a song really quickly. Right. Because it's uh, true. Um, what we would do typically is uh, there were like five songs. Uh, there was, there was like 15, maybe like 20 songs that would stay in the set list. Right. And then like another 15 or something that would like switch Interchangeable, out. Interchangeable, sure. Yeah, always, always changing, always keeping it fresh. And they still, do, they do that more than ever now. Jesus right. Christ. But, uh, but, you know, I would be learning like five songs a day while we were on the road. Right. Like going, like driving to the show, I'd have my iPod on and, and like Bruce would give me a list of, you know, five songs, learn these on the way to the sound check and right. then we play those. And that was, and that, and 
you know, it's not like polyrhythm crazy right. craziness going on, but it's it's a, it's, so, it's, it's a, a song of, you need to learn nonetheless. Yeah, and um, and so that helped me with like, okay, Madball tour coming up in in two weeks. I got twenty five songs to learn. I can do this, and uh, and so I was in California at the time. Mm-hmm. Flew back, did a show at the Reveling, and then the next morning I had my audition with Madball. Okay, and. Uh, I was jet lagged. I was tired. I'd been up all night doing this show with the reveling. Right. And, uh, I played horribly. Yeah. It was, it was bad, but, uh, right. but I think I showed enough like drive to, right. to make them be, or, uh, it was, it was me, Mitz and, uh, and Paul Delaney. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a good friend who plays bass and, uh, plays in black Ambo and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I played horribly, but I think I was like, yeah, like I really, I really right, want to do right. this. I really want to do this. You're like, my enthusiasm I think through. maybe that compensated for like, for what I just could not do on drums. And then <laughs> right. I came back like the week after or whatever. I'd practice all the stuff. And sure. Then, uh, and then, um, yeah, then they were like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And then I met Freddie, mm-hmm. uh, the day or like maybe like two hours before our first show. You're like, here's Freddie. We'll, we'll be playing together. It was, it was. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. You just got thrown in. Yeah. yeah. And then uh did the Rebellion tour and that was my first European tour where I wasn't like in my comfort zone. You of know, course. not not with uh people that I've known all my life. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's your first touring experience outside of what you've known. Yeah. Sure. You know, I done I done tours like the Reveling tour out to Chicago and back and right. with Chaosis. We went to Florida and back got you know, it. when we were like when we were like sixteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Our uh, our guitar player, his dad, uh ran a dodge dealership and we couldn't rent cars no you're kidding? 16 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. are we uh so we rented like a uh you know like a van and right. you know but we couldn't like, right. we couldn't legally so uh right, so right. we rented a van and um and drove down to uh like all did shows all the way to florida and stuff and that was my first experience touring but this, right. so then i did all this stuff and then i went on tour with uh with madball did that and uh it was amazing I mean, you know, went to all these countries and saw all this culture and saw mm-hmm. like saw so much stuff and uh, and really got into. I was like, yes, this is the music community I've been dreaming of. This community that's based on like aggressive music mm-hmm. and uh, just like oh, I felt so good about it. And uh, right. And um, then uh, yeah, I like, went to Greece. That was awesome. Right, right, there. right. And because uh, you played with them for about like a year, year and a half or so. Yeah, a little less than a year. A little less than a year. Yeah, okay. but um, did that, and we basically came home from that, and then like the week after that, mm-hmm. was like, all right, we got to make a new record. Right. So let's start writing a new record. Right. And uh, it was at that time I was still doing a full course load of of uh, of stuff at school, mm-hmm. and uh, still doing the reveling. Right. So it was just kind of like, you know doing a lot of stuff and I uh I unfortunately had to leave the reveling and I wanted to keep doing it yeah I, I, I well yeah you'd been with it for so long yeah right? yeah and um you know it was it was a bummer but I had to make the make the decision to like well Madball's gonna be really active mm-hmm. and I'm, I feel really good about it so. right and you're in the process of getting a new record with them and like yeah you feel yeah. part of it right yeah and we were getting together like every day jamming in uh in our practice space and mm-hmm. uh made a record and then um you know the the stuff that happened. It's whatever. It's in the past. And right. You move on. But uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's like you, like you were saying earlier in regards to, um, you know, people come from different cultures, and it's like the in, in all the professional dealings I've ever dealt with Madball, um, they, uh, I mean, they just come from a different world. Yeah. Like from either from what I've come from, from what you've come from, um, and so 
when you have, uh, it's already difficult enough to be in a band, but when you are combining people from completely different walks yeah. and are trying to have them all be creative, be business minded, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and, uh, and not to mention, I'm like, at this point, I'm still 19. Right. You're you a know? kid. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, which, I mean, that's not far from where I am right no, now. No, no. 22, but, uh, right. but you know. It uh, it just got to the point it didn't work out. Stuff yeah, doesn't work out, you no, know. And totally. uh, and I look back on it as a great experience. I traveled. I right. made music. Sure. I was I was really proud of of everything that we'd done, and it was a chapter in my life that you know came to a close. Of course, and that was it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's all. And then the um, the transition point into uh, against me was yeah. the, I mean that it's once I heard that obviously you were playing with them it. it to me, it seems like it just makes sense. Cool. It That's just, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it just feels like it's like not only do you stylistically fit in with them, just like from a drummer perspective and just like the, obviously your own upbringing, um, but it's just, you know, the way that the band especially is going now where it's like, you know, a lot more control is falling directly into their hands mm. or your guys' hands. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's it's exciting. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, it uh, it happened in a really natural way. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I left Madball right. and uh, I was gonna focus on school and and just do that. Sure, and, uh, you know, moved back like uh, I I was in Hoboken for a while and I was gonna co- concentrate on school, and then the whole just that you know whatever ugliness had gone online of course. about the Madball stuff yep. uh, happened and literally like the day that that got became public our uh, bass player Andrew um, he called me and uh, and we've been friends to back up a little bit yeah. I have uh, I've been friends with uh, you know with Laura and James and Andrew mm-hmm. and Jordan uh, since I was 13 or 14 mm-hmm. you know uh, we met really young and against me was the band that toured so often that they of would course. they would be in my area right four or five times a year yeah yeah, you know? yeah. so so it was like every now every, like every couple weeks i would go to an against me show sure, and, bring, of and bring my friend or something like that and and it was a band that i just got the closest to just by nature of like we they saw each other so often of course so of often. course you know i'd see i'd see other friends bands every once every two and a half years sure because they don't tour as much or they or they're off wherever i don't know whatever but, yeah uh but they would be in New York or New Jersey all the time. Right. And so I would go to their, their shows and we ended up, uh, we would do this thing like uh, Warren jumped in front of the, the drums during mm-hmm. the last song at mm-hmm. a show in New York. And I was like, I was standing right behind the, the kit or like off to the side. And I was like, he's not coming back. And right. so I, I, I like got up and finished. It was, it was, uh, uh, we laugh at danger and break all the rules. Okay. And, uh, and it has that clapping section, and I, right. uh, you know, we had talked about me like, oh yeah, like jam on the last song or whatever, mm-hmm. and it happened, and it was awesome, and, uh, and it became this like fun thing that we would do occasionally yeah. when, when they, you when were there, play. and everyone was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be it'd be a fun thing, and uh, and so we did that, and uh, <laughs> and we just became friends, kept in touch, and, and sure. whatever, and uh, and Andrew called me, and uh, and he was like, hey, are you going to be around for? these shows because i know you don't have a band anymore right, right. And, uh, it's like i was reading some stuff online yeah, yeah. i'm aware yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh and he was like are you are you doing anything because uh because we need somebody and and you know 
we'd like like I would I would want to jam with you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yes, yes. And I, without you know hesitation, I just I just knew it was, it was going to be awesome. Right. And, right. Uh, and so then like I meditated on that for a little bit, and and like I called my best friend who who like the band we got together on was like against me. Sure. And, uh, and we we would go to shows all the time, whatever. It was awesome. And, right. uh, and so I called him. I was like, dude, guess what? It's going to happen. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, I, I called Andrew back the next day. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, just so you know, I really, really want to do this. Right. So, like. Yeah, I'm pretty serious about this. Like, dude, right. yeah, like, I, I really want to play with you guys. Right. So, and, and I, it was just going to be for these three shows. Right. Or, uh. Whatever, like a couple radio shows in uh, mm-hmm. radio festivals in okay. Florida and one in California, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, I really want to do this. Like, I would love to play a couple shows with you guys. Right. And um, and so he was like, Okay, cool. I'll you know pass it on. And uh, we um, you know, talked through email and stuff. And then uh, I got down to Florida where they all are. Right. And um, and we jammed. I got down there, and I thought we were just gonna like go out, get some food or whatever, and, sure. and jam the next day. Uh, but we went out, we went to the practice space and jammed from like 10 at night to like four in the morning. And, uh, That's awesome. and it was just so much fun right? that, cause those are the songs of my childhood. Of you know, those are, those are songs that I remember, you know, uh, it was, it, it was, it was awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's nostalgic for you to like, you're like, wow, I had to actually play these songs that meant so much to me. Exactly. That still means so much. Exactly. And that was, um. I mean, really, it's, it's kind of like a common thread that, you know, through, like, the E Street Band and Madball, it's like, these are all parts of uh, my, uh, just learning music. Right. Uh, that, like, the the, uh, the E Street Band, like, you know, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band was my music, that was my upbringing. Of course. I, I was around those songs for, for so long, so to be playing them felt like second nature, and then to be playing against me songs felt like second nature. Right. And it felt so good that the next morning they were just like, do you want to join the band? Yeah. So that's what it was. Yeah. That's what we've been doing. Yeah, that's since. what you've been doing ever since. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I, I, I really do like how, you know, to sort of wrap this up in, in conclusion, yeah. um, I, I, I like how you, you're pulling on this the thread of like, there is a commonality between all of these. Yeah. Because obviously, like you said, most people would look at these and just be like, oh, these are like, you know, maybe you could put Madball against me in a somewhat similar world. But obviously your experience with the E Street Band is something completely different. But it's like, essentially, all you know, all musicians start out with obviously similar goals and similar contexts. Yes. Um, you know, there, there are very few, I mean, even though you could look at the musical culture right now and think that there are a lot of people that are just simply starting bands or playing music to make money there's always going to be an element of that yeah, yeah. um but with everything that you have experienced that's like you know madball wasn't starting off and like all right we're gonna make this a 30 plus year career <laughs> yeah, yeah you yeah. know against me is the same thing They're like no we just want to play all the living rooms and across right. across america right and um you know bruce springsteen like you can easily trace back to where he was oh, when yeah. he started and it's like those are all common themes and like the, the fact you've been able to kind of experience all those different worlds um, just like you said, makes it all, all the more clear to you, but to another person might be like, Oh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It, to, to me, it just, it makes sense. Right. It's all, it's all one big thing. Sure. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, very glad that you were able to hang out. And yeah. Obviously seriously. lay this all out. Cause uh, I was, yeah, I was just excited to talk to you about all your, 
different experiences because uh, you got a lot of them. Thanks. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you very much for having me. No problem, dude. All right. So there you have it, everybody. I definitely like in the middle of the interview where he says Bruce and I didn't even bat an eye. And upon listening to it again and editing it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I never thought I'd have a person on the podcast that would be able to refer to Bruce as Bruce and not be like, you can't say that. You can't call him that. It's like calling Dave Matthews Dave, like you know him. Jay will obviously land on his feet somewhere else awesome in the near future. Um, yeah, visit propertyofzack.com and 100wordspodcast.com. And until next week, be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at highfivecasino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.